0: More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of His saving fullness see. More of His love who died for me. Thank you, Dave, very much. Before I get started in the sermon, Thursday is February 29th. Most Bible reading schedules don't have a February 29th. I don't have many of you who are reading the Bible through in this year, but most Bible reading schedules don't have a February 29th. My question is this. Do we get a day off? Yeah. No. Do not take Thursday the 29th off, okay? If your Bible reading schedule doesn't have a 29th, I want to encourage you to read Proverbs 29 through 31 read proverbs 29-31 through 31. that will keep you in the habit we never ever ever want to let it let a day go by that we haven't read the scripture because the devil would use that to get us into a bad habit we don't want that so i encourage you if your bible reading schedule doesn't have a february 29 please read um, proverbs 29-31 through 31. chronological study of the bible solomon is finished building the temple We've He finished it, in my estimation, before we started Proverbs two years ago. This is what I think it looked like. This is the whole complex. This whole complex is completed. We're going to be talking about some of it a little bit later. But because it's been two years for us, I want to try to bring this back into our memories. Solomon asked the Lord to use the temple. God responded that he would, but only if their hearts stayed focused on him. God said, listen, if you think that this is going to be a good luck charm, you're out of your mind. Yeah, I'll sweep this thing away. This is not going to get you if you turn from me. Good gossip is the name of the sermon this morning. Not all gossip is bad. There is some good gossip. Well, there's David Hines. I even not see you come in, my friend. Two years ago, First Kings chapter 10, verse 22, the king had to see a navy of Tarshish with the navy of Hiram. Once in three years came the navy of Tarsus, bringing gold, silver, ivory, and apes, and peacocks. But I also believe they brought something else. Again, this is from two years ago. First Kings 11, 1. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites. I believe a large number of this harem is coming back on the ships can't prove it but there is a theory that Solomon had 700 wives of noble birth in other words their parents were kings and so he married them to make treaties with these different nations I've got a hard time finding 700 nations for him to do that with. Then he's got 300 concubines. Concubines are not full wives. Typically, concubines were just to make children. I, I have a difficult time thinking that the 700 to 300 just showed up because Solomon was king. I just don't see it. I believe that Solomon found his value with the women that he could collect. Now, that sounds awful, but I believe in my heart that's true. And today, that's going to come into play more importantly than ever before. Solomon has been close to the Lord while writing his book. Again, he wrote the book of Proverbs, but he ended it at chapter 26. Okay, Remember that, Solomon ended it at 26. While he wrote the book of Proverbs, I believe he's been close to the Lord, but he's likely adding a few wives here and there just because of his mentality. Today, all that's going to change. 1 Kings 10 is where we're at. Again, this is uh, uh, right where Proverbs would have ended chronologically picking up with the life of Solomon. The navy also of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir brought in from Ophir great plenty of almond trees. That would be strong and long-lasting sandalwood. I don't know if we use it here or not, but sandalwood looks something like that. It's very valuable. And precious stones. Hold your finger here in 1 Kings 10, and we're going to go now to 2 Chronicles 9, which is our parallel passage. Chronicles, Kings, and Samuel has a lot of the same stuff because it is a record, it's a dual record of what happened in Israel from a little bit different perspective, but whenever they overlap, we want to talk about them. So holding your finger at 1 Kings 10, 11, and going to 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 10, the servants also of Huram and the servants of Sodom, which brought gold from Ophir, brought almond trees and precious stones. Hold your finger here too, going back to 1 Kings 10. And the king made of the almond trees pillars for the house of the Lord. Very, very important. The two out front were made of brass. These two pillars, which we spend a whole sermon on, the detail that's in there about these two pillars and our conclusion was, why in the world spend that much time on it? I believe in my heart this was the first hit of Solomon's idolatry. God didn't call him out on it, but they are there. Okay, he adds now more pillars besides those two, and for the king's house. Okay, he's finished his palace. He builds even more harps, also and psalteries for the singer. Again, out of this almond tree, sandalwood. There came no such almond trees, nor were seen unto this day. Second Chronicles nine verse eleven. The king made of the almond trees terraces. That terraces of the pillars. Okay, two different words for the same things. The king made of the almond tree almond trees terraces to the house of the Lord and to the king's palace and harps and psalteries for singers. And there was none such had been but been seen before in the land of Judah. But Solomon's Navy did not just collect stuff. We mentioned this earlier. I believe they also brought back women. But they didn't just bring stuff back. This is very, very important in understanding, in my view, what happens getting Solomon toward Ecclesiastes, which is that that's what we have to do. We have to get it from Proverbs to Ecclesiastes in a very short period of time. While they were in other countries, they talked. While they were in other countries, they talked. We call this witnessing and it is in fact good gossip. It's good gossip. We are commanded to witness. For some reason, we want to talk about things we're not supposed to talk about when we should be talking about this good things that we should talk about. So when we're tempted to talk, find something good to talk about. It's exactly the same thing as gossiping with one exception. And pay close attention to this. Witnessing good gossip is exactly the same thing as bad gossip with one exception. We are talking about someone who can <coughs> hear us. That's the difference. If the person I'm talking about can't hear me, we need to stop talking. Period. Just stop talking. When we talk about the Lord, he can hear us and we need to remember he can hear us. These guys were not experts as they talked. These guys were experts at sailing. These guys were experts at going and collecting stuff and bringing it back. They were not experts in Proverbs. They were not experts in all things Solomon. They just told what they knew. They heard the stories and told what they had heard. That's all witnessing is. That's all God has asked us to do, is just tell what you know. Back to uh, uh, verse one in 1 Kings 10. Verse one in 1 Kings 10. And again, I think today you're going to hear something you probably never heard before. Probably you will disagree with what I say today. I'm okay with that. That doesn't bother me at all. I want to show you what I believe the Lord has shown me. You do with it whatever you want, but I believe today is the key in getting us from Proverbs to Ecclesiastes. When the Queen of Sheba, that southwestern Arabia, okay, to give you an idea of where she came from, this is Sheba down here in the south. This is the Red Sea. Up here is Israel. Okay? She is going to come all the way up there. When the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon. Folks, that's good. It's a gossip. All It's good gossip. It's good gossip. But it's gossip. When she heard the gossip concerning the name of the Lord, making it good gossip, she came 1200 miles how far is 1200 miles it's the same distance from Acadia to Boston Massachusetts okay that's how far she went no plane for some reason she did not go by sea I still don't understand this in my estimation she could have brought everything up the Red Sea she didn't do that scripture's gonna make it clear she went by land Twelve hundred miles, no RV, no AC, hauling four and a half tons of gold. <coughs> we're going to find out in verse number ten. That's two hundred and sixty-two million dollars in today's money. Don't answer. What did she want to buy? Don't answer. What did she want to buy? She did not go there empty-handed. She went there intending to leave all of this, but to come back with something else. In the same way that traders would go to a different country and trade things off and bring things back, she was doing the exact same thing. What is it she intended to buy? How much would she have paid for your car? We have no idea how much we should be saying thank you. We have no idea. No matter how bad our car is, she would have given millions for it. To prove him with hard questions. Let's read it all again. When the Queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. No internet. I am thankful to God for the internet. <coughs> To think of what Mr. Strong, what was Strong's first name? Do you know Wade that did the, the, um, the concordance? No. Nope. To think of how he put that together without a computer, it just blows my mind. Commentaries, uh, Spurgeon had no computer. It's like how in the world they keep all this stuff straight just in their mind, okay? I've got the internet. I can type a question in and maybe I'll agree with the answer. Maybe I won't, but I can very quickly come up with an answer. We had no idea the way God has blessed us. All gossip, good or bad, produces questions. Remember that. All gossip, good or bad, produces questions. By the way, that's why I put up that original screen when we first came in here. I wanted you to know exactly where Dad's at. I didn't want to buy doing 2 plus 2 is 4. and Oh, Dad's in the hospital. That's where it always winds up. So, no, 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 it's not that at all. You know exactly the case. All gossip, though, produces questions. Isaiah 55 11 So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth It shall not return unto me void Very, very important Good gossip Gossip about the Lord will produce questions about the Lord Which is exactly what it's supposed to do The only way it doesn't produce questions Is if we don't produce the good gossip now, had those sailors gone down there and traded with Sheba and not said anything about the Lord, would she have come up? No. How would she know to? She certainly didn't see it on the news. It wasn't on her daily uh, feed from Facebook. They had to have been talking about it. She had to have heard. She wanted to see it for herself. She had questions that she wanted to ask, which is what gossip produces, and that makes this good gossip because it's good questions. 2 Chronicles chapter 9, which is where your other finger is, verse number 1, the first part of the verse. When the Queen of Sheba heard of the famous Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions. Sometimes the questions we get are hard. hard questions in my experience is one of the things that frightens me the most I'm with someone I don't know their spiritual condition and I want to witness to them and so it's like all right, how do I present this to them I have found that the best place to start is at the very beginning what do you think about God that works for me now once they get into it and it comes back to me now I've got to bring them to Jesus And what if they say, well, what about this, and I don't know the answer? That's terrifying. Because if I don't give them the right answer, they might wind up in hell, right? Only if you don't believe in sovereign grace. Only if you don't believe in sovereign grace can they possibly wind up in hell because we told them the wrong thing. Admit we don't know. Admit it. Say, you know what? I really have never even thought about what you just asked. I don't know the answer to that question. They will admire us for that. People who talk about their religion, not just Christians but across the board, people who talk about their religion pretend to know everything because they think that if they don't know everything, they're admitting that what they believe is not true. It's not the case at all it's okay it's appropriate to say I don't know but I'll find out then study and get back to them say listen remember last week we talked about such and such you asked this question well here's what I found would you like to hear it at that point you've got a whole second witnessing section you have no idea where the Holy Spirit's going to take that and you have their admiration because you did in fact keep your word so often though We will say, I don't know, and we will just run from it. And then when they see us again, we'll pretend like nothing ever happened. At that point, they think they've got us, and they're not going to listen to anything that we say. Be honest, but at the same time, follow up. They likely won't come to church. Don't think for one second that the people we talk to are going to show up in church. Chuck, how many people have you invited to church? Ballpark. Thousands? I would say. Alright. So, if everybody showed up that you'd invited, we need a much larger room. Would you not agree? Okay. Most people that we talk to are not going to come to church. Therefore, we have to be the Jesus that they're going to experience. Hopefully, the Holy Spirit will use something other than us. But don't assume that I'm going to ask you to church, you're going to come to church and get saved. That very rarely ever happens. Very rarely. Typically, it's in casual conversations like what's going on at Sheba. Typically, the Holy Spirit will take it and use it, but be careful that we allow him to use us as much as he wants. Don't let fear stop. Verse 2 in First Kings 10. She came to Jerusalem with a very great train. In a moment, we're going to find out what kind of train it was. It's not the kind of train that you would think of today. With camels, that's the kind of train that bears spices and very much gold and precious stones. I found a picture that I think accurately accurately depicts what it looked like. I think that's exactly what it looked like. It would have been a long, 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 long camel train. Why? Because she's got tons and tons of gold that she's carrying. Mm -hmm. When she was come to Solomon, This would normally take traders how long? I looked it up. I wanted to find out. If she's gonna go by camel with that much weight through the Arabian desert to Jerusalem, how long would it take a normal caravan of camels? Because they do it, they're traders. Watch this. Seven years. Seven years. This is not a trip that she got on a plane and got off in the middle of the night, and she had to jet lag, and so she got up the next morning, then she went to see Solomon. Typically, seven years. Why? You're talking camels, you're talking tons and tons of gold, okay? Conservatively, three years at the least. Conservatively, three years at the least. What is it she wanted to buy? That's the question. What is it she wanted to buy? She communed with him, Solomon, of all that was in her heart. She told him what she wanted to buy. She didn't dilly-dally, she didn't say, hey dude, I hear you're king, I'm a queen, let's go hang out. No, she went there with a reason. It took her a long time to get there. She brought the money and she told him what she was there for. She communed with him all that was in her heart. 2 Chronicles chapter 9 verse 1 the B part of the verse at Jerusalem she's now arrived with a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold and abundance and precious stones and when she was come to Solomon she communed with him of all that was in her heart Jesus actually tells us what she wanted to buy how did Jesus know (laughs) because of God Matthew 12, 42, the queen of the south, he doesn't call her the queen of sheba, but the queen of the south, but guess what? He was right. The queen of the south came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. <laughs> That's where she came to right. She paid 262 million dollars to have one on one with Solomon. How much would she pay for your Bible? how much would she pay for your bible this, this is just boggling to me we really should be saying thank you more we have no idea how ungrateful that we are luke eleven thirty one. 31 the queen of the south came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of solomon 1 Kings 10, verse 3. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king. Notice that. There was not anything hid from the king. The Lord revealed it to him. He did not know it automatically. Keep that in mind. We assume that Solomon knew everything. He did not He knew the answers to her questions because the Lord revealed it to him. He had a lot of wisdom, but he was not Jehovah God by any sense of the word. We don't have to know everything either. That's so comforting to me. I don't have to know the answer to Jason's question because I don't know what Jason's question is. I've got a responsibility to be studying God's word, but if Jason asks me a question I don't know the answer to, I can say, Jason, I'm sorry, I don't know, but I'll do my best to find out for you. And they get back to Jason and say, Jason, this is what I found. And then start another conversation. The more we expose ourselves to Scripture, Luke chapter 12, verse 11, When they bring you unto the synagogues, unto the magistrates, and the powers, or whoever it is that we're witnessing to. Take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. So very important. Don't assume he's going to magically give it to you. Some people take this and say, I don't need to study the Bible. The Holy Spirit will tell me what to say in the moment. Those people are the ones that wind up giving bad information and leading people astray. If it weren't for sovereign grace, those people would terrify me. Because of sovereign grace, those people don't bother me at all because the Holy Spirit's in control of the whole thing. But if all the bad information out there actually leads people in the wrong place, we're in trouble bad. This is not magic knowledge. He's reminding us of things we have already seen in Scripture. The more we expose ourselves to Scripture, the more often we're going to be able to answer Jason's question, or at the very least, find the answer to Jason's question, and then the next two or three times, when it comes up again, I remember I was talking to Jason, asked the same question. A lot of questions come up over and over and over again. You know what comes up the most? The most. The Bible says the earth is only 7,000 years old. How in the world can you claim it's not billions of years old like science says? Most Christians can't answer that. Most can't. To me, that's simple. It's nothing. Okay. God created Adam. On day one, day one, how old was he? He was one day what did he look like he looked like he was 30. any dating method on the note uh, to the science today would say he's 30 years old but actually he was one day old God created the earth with age on day one it was in fact millions and millions of years old it had to be to sustain itself if every plant on day one was a seedling the whole thing would collapse he had to create mature everything which scientifically dated would have been much older than it actually was but most Christians have no idea about this Do you know why I know about it somebody asked me and I felt stupid I did I felt stupid and I thought there's got to be an answer to this study find out. Then when these questions come around, the Holy Spirit will bring some of the stuff back, or he may stop and say, hold on now. Tell them you don't know. Admit to them you don't know. And they get back to him later. That's even more valuable than the answer I have found. Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hit for the king, which he told her not. He gave her her money's worth. 2 Chronicles 9, verse 2. Solomon told her all her questions and there was nothing hid from Solomon which he told her not again He didn't automatically know it. He knew a lot But there was things that God showed him that was not naturally Solomon because God wanted her to get the information verse 4 in 1st Kings when the Queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built 2 Chronicles 9.3 When the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built, verse 5 to 1 Kings 10, the meat or food of his table, the sitting of his servants or the organization, the attendance of his ministers, all the different things they accomplished, their apparel, his cupbearers, his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. That is the word sent there means burnt offerings. When she saw him make his offerings, to the Lord by the way this is what it is that she's exposed to the whole thing there was no more spirit in her what does that mean it took her breath away which is exactly why God had Solomon built it in the first place it took her breath away Solomon didn't have to build anything just for her he didn't know she was coming Solomon just simply had to do what God told him to do step by step by step and then the gossip the good gossip would start and then people would come with their questions which is exactly what is supposed to happen and she didn't even get to see this that's the inside of the holy place and she was not permitted to see that imagine had she been able to see that (coughs) 2nd Chronicles 9-4 the meat of his table The city of his servants and the attendants of his ministers and their apparel. His cupbearers also and their apparel. And as a set by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. 1 Kings 10.6 She said to the king, it was a true report. The gossip was true. It was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Stop right there. No phone, no internet. What is it that we could do in Arcadia that Boston would hear rumors of? That's how big a vet this is. It's huge. <coughs> it is huge. Good gossip. 2 Chronicles 9 5. And she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my old land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. first Kings 10 7, howbeit I believed not the words. That's okay. That is okay, until I came and my eyes had seen it. Behold, the half was not told me, and thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. It's extremely common to hear people surprised at what the Bible actually says. It's extremely common to hear people surprised at what the Bible actually says. You know why this is? We have smoothed over the Bible to where all it is is God loves you. we smoothed it all over and people can't, it doesn't make any sense because when they get in and start reading it's like, well, what about all that killing that's in there? Why is that there? It's like, well, don't worry about that. God loves you. When you start showing people what the Bible actually says and how it fits together, it's like, oh, I had no idea all that was there. But I submit to you, it's our fault. It's our fault, because we assume they can't handle it. Tell people what the Bible says. Good gossip. Notice this, 1 Corinthians 2.9. As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. The colors are there, showing that the same, the same parts are there in the same way that she couldn't believe what Solomon had done, folks, we're not going to be able to believe what's in heaven. We have this idea in our head that it's like, you know, I really don't deserve heaven, so I'm not even going to try to think about it. It's going to be amazing, not because we deserve it, but because of what Jesus did. We really, really, really have to start saying thank you more. Saying thank you is the equivalent of praise. Praise. We do not praise the Lord enough. And when I say we, I'm talking at me more than anybody else. I know what I want. You know what I wanted this morning? I wanted my wife to be able to drive Dad here. That's what I wanted, because I really didn't feel like coming. And I thought, all right, Michelle gets Dad here. He does his sermon. Everybody's happy the pastor's here. I'm at home resting, which is what I would like to do. That leaves an opening in the after, in the, the, the second service, which we could come up with something on the fly for that. Michelle's sick. That ain't coming. So now guess what? Instead of preaching zero, I get to preach two. We have to see that as a gift. We have to say, God, thank you for that. Because that tells me you're going to make me able. And that's exciting. Damn. Yes. Yeah, I told her to put that in there. Oh, okay, okay. In your bulletin, look on the back page. Because I just told Wade a to lie. I didn't tell her to put it in there, but that's exactly what Bonnie put in the back, back side of your bulletin. Thank you for short showing that out. First okay. Kings 10, verse 8. Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and that hear thy wisdom. How did she know? And were they in fact happy? I submit to you, they probably were in the same position as we are. They should be happy, but it's just another day. They should be happy we should be happy imagine someone who's never heard anything about Jesus when they finally get it and they look at us who have had it for years and years and years you must be the happiest people in the world Eh, we're very ungrateful we need to praise the Lord more happy happy them that hear thy wisdom personally This did not happen until I started asking, what is the Lord saying to me in this passage? That changed everything. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. Hopefully some will sneak in. But it's a chore. It's not fun. It's hard. When I started looking for why is this in my Bible, it changed everything. I'm not perfect at it. I'm a long way from it but suddenly there's a reason for Proverbs to be there there's a reason for Ecclesiastes to be there there's a reason for Jeremiah to be there some of these hard passages it's like that makes more sense it's more important now no more reading just because I was supposed to if that's where we're at ask the Lord to change it say Lord I want to I want to want to read your word. I think that's a prayer God will honor. 2 Chronicles 9, 7. <clears throat> Happy are thy men, happier are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. 1 Kings ten nine, Blessed, caused to prosper. Very important. Blessed is caused to prosper. Blessed be the Lord thy God. How can we cause God to prosper? There's only one way there is only one way we can cause God to prosper and that's to gossip about him other than that he's got everything but he has chosen to depend on us to share his word when we share his word it causes him to prosper and that's exactly why God prospered in this case Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighted in thee and to set thee in the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever therefore made he the King to do judgment or justice and justice in the King James always replaced just, judgment with justice. A couple of weeks ago, Terry brought something up to my, to my attention. And I was so glad that I was ready for it because I would have felt stupid. The first time you I heard that question, I felt stupid. Okay. What if both words are used? Okay. You got judgment and justice. Is it justice and justice because I was asked the question the first time I knew the answer. They are, they, in both words are used, there's very specific types of justice. In this case, judgment is H4941, litigation. The uh, justice is H6666, righteous acts. Two very different types of justice. Justice in the courts, justice in personal relationships. She's saying justice in every way you can imagine. 2 Chronicles 9.8. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on thy throne, to set thee on his throne, to be king for the Lord thy God, because thy God loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore made he the king over to them to do judgment and justice. 1 Kings 10.10 She gave the king 120 talents of gold. 120. Four and a half tons. That's where we get how much she carried in the first part. She carried it 1,200 miles, from Arcadia to Boston, no plane, through the Arabian Desert, no car, no AC. That's how much she wanted what we have readily available to us. What did she buy? We have no idea how much we should be saying thank you. She's buying what we have, easily ready to us. Of the spices very great store and precious stones, adding much more to what she paid. For what? Well we have in our Bible. There came no more they came no more such abundance of spices as these which the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon, adding even more <coughs> to what she had hauled, and paid for what? Seems like I went backwards there, I don't know. Let's keep going. She gave the king 120 talents of gold, of spices, great abundance, precious stones, neither was there any such spices as the Queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. Drop down to verse number 13. King Solomon in 1 Kings 10, gave unto the Queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked. Again, what did she want? What we have. Why don't we? Why don't we say thank you more? i know i'm running out of time but this is this is probably the most important thing in the whole thing why don't we say thank you more folks we've heard this over and over and over and not done it over and over and over why is it if we don't find the answer to this question we'll never stop being ungrateful We've got to find out what makes us ungrateful and change it. I think I know, at least in my case, I think I know why we are so ungrateful. I told you I stopped doing something three years ago, and by the way, it's three years this month. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, I've told you enough. It's made a huge, huge difference in my life. If you can't remember, folks, please ask me later, because I think it will make a huge difference in your life. I believe there is one thing that we have that we allow to totally discourage us in every area of life. And if we just stop doing this one thing, it will change our gratitude, it will change our happiness, it will change everything. But we got to commit to it. Beside that which Solomon gave of her of his royal bounty, 2 Chronicles 9.12, the king Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire. Whatsoever she asked, beside that which she brought unto the king. Which is it? There is a contradiction there. Do you see it? Let me show it to you. In 1 Kings 10.13, Solomon gave her. In 2 Chronicles 9.10, she gave to the king. Which was it? Say, what difference does it make? These are things that non-Christians will take and say, the Bible is not accurate because of these contradictions. I submit to you, both happened. They both happened. They're both true statements. But notice this. He gave her more than she gave him. He gave her more than she gave him. Watch this. Making her purchase free. That's mind-blowing to me. She hauled all that gold, all that distance through all that desert, and had to haul it all back plus more. Why? She wanted what we have in our Bible. She just needed to go get it. Same with us. We have it at our fingertips, but it will not seep into our brain. We've got to expose ourselves to it. We've got to say, Lord, why did you put this in my Bible? And give him time to give us an answer. And over the course of time, this stuff will build up and build up and build up. The next thing you know, problems in life are not that big a deal because we understand how God is working in our life. 1 Kings ten thirteen b so she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants, further spreading the gospel, the gossip. Gossip and Gospels, very similar. Let's notice that. Yeah. Very similar. <clears> 2 <throat> Chronicles 9, b So she turned and went away to her own land, she and her servants. Get ready for this. Hang on. Because what I'm going to say now, you've never heard before unless you got it from me. I guarantee if anyone, even on sermon audio, has heard this before today, please let me know because I've not found it anywhere. But this is what I think happened i think big capital letters i think i can't prove i think this profoundly affected solomon what the fact that she left he is not used to women leaving and i submit to you that had a much bigger effect than we can possibly imagine on him specifically i think this dramatically accelerates his decline from Proverbs to Ecclesiastes I've got one more sermon to get him from Proverbs to Ecclesiastes there has to be something big and I submit to you this is it I'll explain next time feel free to gossip about it all you want Father thank you so much for for Solomon you loved him And he's about to do things that are going to be very hurtful to you. But you kept loving him. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us why it says what it says. Please, please, please motivate us to gossip about it with others. If we're tempted to talk, please motivate us to talk about good things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.